Since 1983, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. Now, at Copenhagen, save $500 on any stressless signature or leg comforter recliner model. For more ways to save, shop online at copenhagenliving.com or visit the showroom on Breaker Lane. Copenhagen Modern Furniture, Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary since 1983. Welcome to I Love You So Much, the podcast about the people, places, and things we love about Austin. Our podcast is from the features staff at the Austin American Statesman and we're sponsored by Copenhagen Furniture. I'm Austin 360 editor Eric Webb. And I'm multimedia producer Alyssa Vidalis. In this week's episode, we're rewinding time to talk about an Austin icon that listeners might be familiar with, Vulcan Video. To catch everyone up, Alyssa, on Vulcan Video's current state, uh, they've been having some struggles. Their general manager, Jacob Knight, started to go fund me that he tweeted out on May 21st called uh, Help Save Vulcan Video. And the store's been around in some form or fashion since 1986. They've moved around a little bit. Uh, but this online fundraiser asked for $35,000 in donations to, and this is a quote, get through the next 15 months that we are, le- that are left on the lease. Uh, and they recently moved, uh, that was a couple years ago, to the to Russell Drive in South Austin. Yeah, right there below like 71. Yeah, and so they had been uh, on Elizabeth Street before that. And so Vulcan also had a North Loop shop that closed due to rent increases in 2017. So this has kind of um, been an ongoing problem for them. And, you know, it, it really makes you think about a changing Austin and what, um, as things get bigger, as more people move in, you know, can these iconic brands, these iconic stores that we think of as being so awesome, so cool, so fun, so weird, like, how do they survive? And how does that, like, medium survive, too? Like, they have a, lots of odds against them from property right, property taxes to digital age. So... It's a fight. <laughs> totally. Well, and so, Alyssa, you went actually to talk to the folks at Vulcan Video. Is that right? Right. So we went back in February this year, back when everything seemed so bright and sunny, uh, just talking about the store and like what it's like to kind of have that store there. Um, talked to some Vulcan uh, Video customers and like what keeps them coming back to video stores in general at all when they can just sit at home. And a lot of the responses were really kind of heartening. Well, cool. So, and Vulcan actually, uh, as of the time that we're recording this, they had reached a little over 20,000 on their fundraising goals. That's pretty so, darn great. Yes, that's heartening. And they're going to have a party for their um, all their fans and show some movies, have a little celebration. So that's pretty cool. So for this week's episode, we're going to play you a couple of different segments from Alyssa's trip to Vulcan. Uh, Alyssa, can you kind of talk about what we're going to hear? Sure. So first, we're going to hear from the customers, uh, Terry Coyle. Juana Santoyo and General Manager Jacob Knight talking about what it is that keeps video stores relevant and what keeps them coming back. We're also going to hear back from our podcast episode in February when Addie Broyles and I visited the store and chatted with Jacob about how the store has changed over the years, what it's like to kind of be a film archive of sorts, and what's going to happen next. So no matter how you look at it, what's happening with Vulcan Video is another example of a changing Austin. So first up, let's listen to what Alyssa found out when she talked to Vulcan Video customers about what video stores mean to them in the 21st century. Can you tell me where to find the movie Concussion with Will Smith? Do you know of any other way to access any movie at any time that you want 
they're all here. Believe me, they're all here. Great, thank you. You don't have to type in anything. You don't have to wait for it to download. It's here. The process of video stores have essentially become forgotten is that we have more people who walk in and look around and go, oh sh these all for sale and you're like nah dude this is for rental how do you rent well you get a membership and then like you see their eyes glaze over because they're so terrified of the notion of like there i have to bring these back this is so weird it's antiquated the streaming and the youtube and all those places that people can download the movie but it's not the same it's never gonna be the same here it's more people to people connection i come here to get my selection of eight different videos. What's going on? And also to see my friend, Max. Hey, look, you look great. Yeah. yeah. That makes it even more worthwhile to come here because you can discuss things with the people that work here and find that they have strong knowledge just about everything. Well, I got to today. Some of the people who work here tell me, oh, this movie's so good, I recommend you this one, you should watch this one, and uh, you know, have somebody else's point of view. There's an archival aspect to it, to where, like, there are certain things that we have in stock that if those tapes disappeared, you wouldn't be able to watch them. If you went all over the United States and started counting up the number of stores like this that are left, you wouldn't be able to find very many. If you're a true lover of cinema, it's something that you should always support. 1463. I love to rent the movies, come over here, rent the movie, bring it back. You either make friends here, go out of the house too, but it's connection. We've been losing that. And I will see you soon. <laughs> from Vulcan Video's general manager, Jacob Knight, when our colleague Addy Broyles and I talked with him back in February. Jacob Knight, welcome to I Love You So Much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having us. We are currently sitting in Vulcan Video over here on Ben White in South Austin. And honestly, this is my first time over here, and I was not expecting the treasure trove of very tall, like, it, it, this is, what, how many feet? Like, nine feet? It's got to be tall, like, shelves over here. Oh, the, the shelves are, I think, eight and a half. Yeah. There are stacks and stacks of DVDs and VHS tapes, which yes. we will get to. This is definitely a happy place for me and a happy place for a lot of people. Vulcan's been around for more than 30 years in Austin. It's an, an Austin institution. Um, Jacob, you've been around with the store for seven years? Yes. So what role do video stores play in this media society where everybody just wants to stream whatever they want to watch, whenever they want to watch it, immediately. Well, I think at this point, video stores are more of an archive than anything else. Like, And a, they play two roles. I mean, for me, every day is that it's an archive. A lot of the time when you're dealing with uh, streaming media, places like Netflix, Hulu, they have a very limited selection in terms of what you can watch what you can even browse um in terms of film history we're here i mean if we don't have it 
on Blu-ray or DVD, we keep the VHS tape because you don't. There are so many movies that haven't even made the jump in terms of formats uh, that if we didn't have a copy of it, like we wouldn't be able to watch it. Like nobody would. Like I watched last night a obscure version of uh, Jim Thompson's The Killer Inside of Me from 1976 that never made it to DVD or Blu-ray and it stars like Stacy Keach and Susan Tyrell and you watch it and you're like holy shit it, this movie would not uh, exist if I didn't have this tape in my hands right now like you wouldn't be able to find it outside of possibly nefarious sources mm-hmm. let's say but um, the other side of it, too, is the community aspect of it is that a lot of people lose sight of the fact that when you're streaming, um, you're by yourself. Or you, sometimes you invite friends over or what have you. But most people watch a lot of things in terms of series and Netflix originals, um, at least if they're anything like me, while they're folding laundry or they're doing their daily tasks, they can pause it. It becomes background fodder to a certain degree and you lose uh, the conversational aspect of cinema and art in general in terms of like we uh, speaking as somebody who's worked at several locations throughout seven years like it's always great to have that moment where people come in they rent and then they stop and they say dude I just watched insert blank here and it was incredible. And then you end up having a 15 minute conversation with a stranger about this piece of art that maybe you've seen, maybe you haven't seen, but you're, you're able to share your experience with it. And you can't do that when you're watching Netflix by yourself. Right. And speaking of which, tell us a little bit about what Vulcan offers in terms of selections. Like what are these people renting? I mean, everything from new releases to the nastiest pornography. Uh, <laughs> to be completely honest, like we have, you know, if you want to rent this week, the new Suspiria by Luca Guadagnino is out. If you wanted to rent the old Suspiria, we have, uh, you know, Dario Argento's you know, restored Suspiria on Blu-ray. And if you wanted to watch... Debbie does Dallas. I don't know. Like (laughs) we have that too. Like you can watch whatever you want. Or if you want to watch an Italian art movie, or if you want to watch a movie from South Korea, like you, the whole idea of, of Vulcan is to peruse both the now and the past and maybe the disreputable alleyways that you wouldn't normally walk down. Yeah, because I can see uh, through the office window here, you, I see Asia, I see foreign, uh, Cuba, Spain, action. Director's like, wall. The director's wall. Which is my wall. personal favorite. Well, that's where the cur- curatorial aspect comes in. Sure. You all are film nerds. Yes. If, if you work here, you know a lot about <laughs> movies. And yes. you can people can come in and ask questions and get the context and the history behind just the fact that there are two Suspirias. I, I only knew about the one until Alyssa turned me on to the other recently. <laughs> um, but, but that's where the community aspect of shared knowledge and the, le- the learning that comes from. And that transaction is lost when it is just going on to iTunes and, you know, renting a movie because you, you know, saw a trailer for it on TV or something. Yeah. And, Shane, you I mean, you're wearing a Pittsburgh hat, I assume, mm-hmm. right now. Like, Pitt. Um, 
what ha, have you been to other video stores and how does that atmosphere compare to like specifically Austin ones? Well, I mean, anymore, there aren't any more video stores, but I mean, stretching back like years and years and years, I worked at Blockbuster as a kid in high school. Um, you know, we had family video, we had magic video growing up. We had West, Co- like I'm from Philadelphia originally. We had a, a local chain called West Coast Video, which was the store at the bottom of the hill that was honestly, and again, to kind of hit back to the community aspects of it, that was my film education when I was too young to watch most of the movies I was renting because there was an old stoner hippie named Dale who basically worked the counter. He would let me come in and rent for how much, basically if I had five to seven dollars in my pocket, he would let me rent between five to seven movies on my parents' account. He wouldn't tell as long as I had them basically back and he would just let me raid whatever section that I wanted. Normally it was horror. Um, Good man. But that's, again, hitting hitting back to what you were saying, is that's the educational aspect of it, and that's my experience with video stores, is that, like, we, you don't learn about film streaming Friends season six on Netflix. You <laughs> learn about it just by going and kind of spelunking the depths of, like, what's here. And at Vulcan everything's here for the most part. I mean, if if there's a copy out there, we're going to try to get our hands on it. Now, in terms of modern video stores, I mean, the, the king or queen, we don't want to be, you know, gender biased. (laughs) The royalty. Uh, The royalty (laughs) right now is Scarecrow. It's always going to be Scarecrow out in Seattle. Um, They're the greatest video store that's ever existed. They're the greatest video store that ever will exist. Everyone who works there is, um, just an incredible wealth of knowledge and you can go and rent. I mean, the one thing that I miss that I wish we had more of at Vulcan or any of is they have like laser discs Mm. that lost format that I don't even think anyone has a laser disc player anymore. Like I think I've only ever seen three in my lifetime, Mm. but they have the old criterion laser discs where like a lot of uh, newer DVD and Blu-ray releases are basically pillaging their old commentary tracks and everything for special features. Um, is that if you wanted that original uh, Criterion release of like Armageddon, you could get it, and they have it. And there, I've only been there twice, but every time I go there, it's for me like Nirvana. I was night nice because it's in Seattle, right? Yeah. Ah, I, oh, I did didn't there. even go there. I see what you did there. I didn't, that wasn't even a conscious decision. <laughs> right. Well, I was reading up on like video store, just kind of preparing for this uh, segment and stuff, like video stores, like how they've been in Austin and stuff. And Scarecrow came up. Uh, they recently went to the nonprofit format. Yeah. In order to stay afloat. Right. Um. So it seems like the the thread I've been kind of like reading into is that what keeps these stores resilient is the people and the love for seeing these movies being preserved. Well, I think about other forms of art. I mean, this is essentially an art preservation society in a way. Um, But just the format is, you know, different than if you were to go to the Blanton and they have curators and they have events and they kind of do a similar thing where they present art and, and then allow to you know different ways for people to engage with that art and you do it just with a shelf out there mm-hmm. what was it what was the name of that movie that we were looking at oh um the mick garris children's film that i'm now 
planking. Oh, I want to say oh. fluffernutter, and that is not what it is. <laughs> it is not fluffernutter. Fuzzbucket. <laughs> wow, that's even better. Yeah. But fuzzbucket, like, okay, so I was perusing the store here before we started recording, and I found this movie called Fuzzbucket that I had legit forgot about that because it gave me night terrors when I was a kid. You re- you saw this? Movie. Yeah, and I and I brought it up because they you all had it displayed on the you know family viewing. It's an old Disney movie, um, and it turns out that the director has a whole bunch of connections to other films. Mm-hmm. That, you know, with from everything from Steven Spielberg to the horror genre. Um, I would not have even remembered that that movie existed and that I had a memory of it if I hadn't seen the the case on this shelf because you had thought to you or somebody had thought to sort of put it out and right next to newer releases that are family friendly but pull out the old content um and i just see parallels i mean going back to your question Alyssa, about like what specifically about film makes it so special i mean just my two measly cents are it's appealing to so many different people and so many you know multi-generations it's something Mm -hmm. that's it's not only something that you can enjoy and appreciate but it's entertainment and it's um, an activity not only say just to fill time but um that people can bond over in a way that a painting on a wall can't necessarily do right and i think it's also good not to wax like too philosophical about it but it's good to remember that film is possibly our youngest art form like it's barely over a hundred years old, so it's still evolving. It's still growing. Hmm. Um, people have painted and sung songs and told stories around campfires for as long as we've existed as a species. Cinema, uh, you know, has only existed as long as Thomas Edison essentially allowed us to first have that movie camera and then evolve. Um, but now, I think what's most interesting about it is that you can go back and watch a movie from 1922 and then watch a movie from 2012 at the same time and watch how they're basically in dialogue with one another and how storytelling has evolved through this very, very youthful medium. Um, But at the same time, it's just, it's what we've always wanted to do as people. We've always wanted to find different ways to tell our history and to, relay the things that are important to us uh both in terms of narrative and emotion because cinema is the the art form that you can do the most with you can throw it up in the air as steve mcqueen once said and just kind of see what comes down that's awesome uh that reminds me so what would you say are some very special movies that are not easily streamable or findable online yeah like what are some hidden gems here around here uh, well, I'll give you one that I actually just watched a couple days ago that I had never personally seen. Um, we only have we only had a VHS. We just upgraded to a Blu-ray of it. It's called Alamo Bay. It's from 1985, I want to say, but it's from a director named Louis Mal, who most people know that made like Ele- he was a French director who made like Elevator to the Gallows, uh, Au Revoir, Au Revoir. La Enfance, like, are his, kind of his famous films. But during the mid-'80s, he came to America and made, let's say, genre-adjacent films. Uh, he made, like, Amer- uh, Atlantic City with Burt Lancaster. And then uh, pretty closely after, he made Alamo Bay, which was shot um, right down by Corpus Christi. And it's about a small Texas fishing town 
uh, shrimping town, to be more specific, immediately after Vietnam. Um, and the Vietnamese immigrants who essentially fled their country to come to America to uh, create a new life for themselves um, and how they established this small community in this fishing village. Well, the other half of the fishing village is populated by uh, Vietnam vets who are intense racists against the Vietnamese for obvious reasons. Um, and Ed Harris is the kind of lead uh, shrimping boat captain who's seeing his uh, profits kind of decrease as the, the Vietnamese immigrants kind of come in, start up their own boats. And so he starts to organize using the help of the Ku Klux Klan um, to basically start this race war against one another. And it's this movie that you watch and you're like, here's this French director who came to Texas in 1985 made this movie that's incredibly textured because if you've ever been to the Galveston or like any of the beaches in Texas, like he just gets that very ruddy earthy feel mm -hmm. that they kind of own while also getting this very naturalistic feel for the people who inhabit there and having this intense kind of empathy for the immigrant experience. And these people who basically came looking for like the American dream um, to uh, established for essentially themselves who get into a war with people who don't want them in their country after we've already kind of invaded their country illegally mm. to a certain extent. So it's just a really interesting, strange genre movie that most people probably, I had never heard of it. I, and it was an, an experience where I saw it sitting on the shelf and I was like, Alamo Bay. Ed Harris, the Ku Klux Klan, amazing. Why have I never heard of this? But that's the that's the best way to sum up the experience at Vulcan too. Is that you can come peruse the shelves and see something that you're instantly like, I didn't know this existed before today, and it just changes your entire perspective on on movies or maybe even just one filmmaker in general. That's amazing. I th I would. I grew up in Victoria. That's my hometown. Like wow. that, the coast. It's Port. Um, Port A. Port Aransas. Rockport? No, it's not Port Aransas. But they shot it all on location. Sure, sure, sure. There's just oh man. I I okay, now I have to see that. Like and like Corpus Christi plays like right. a plot point in it mm -hmm. because it's Ed Harris and like Amy Madigan. Um, who most people know from like Field of Dreams yeah. and stuff is the daughter of basically the head of the kind of local shrimping port who's played by, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's the older in, uh, man from The Thing. Uh, but he has a heart attack at one point and she has to essentially take him to the nearest hospital as Corpus Christi. Hmm. So I wanted to ask about what kind of customers come in and out over the course of a day and how that maybe has changed over the seven years that you've worked here. It hasn't changed. That's been kind of the the beautiful thing about it is that you have a mixture. Is that if you're if you're during the day, um, which I am now, kind of most of my hours are usually between like ten and six. You see a lot of the same folks, normally uh, older individuals who this is kind of like a library to them. They want to come, hang out, talk about older movies, um, and uh, just kind of having a buddy to talk to about the things that they're interested in. And then you have the regulars who like, you'll see the same set of people who like, this is just their normal stop on the way to work or home from work. Um, they want to get their, 
you know, on Tuesday and Wednesday, we have our two-for-one special. They want to get their couple, you know, a new release in, like, an older movie for free so that they can kind of have their little routine during the week. Um, At night, you get a lot of, like, a lot of younger folks. We used to be open till 2 a.m., so we don't get as many drunks, Um, which is great because Mm. there was a – back when – I started, it was on the Elizabeth Street store that was off of Congress, and it was, uh, now we're only open till 11 o'clock at night. Uh, back when I started, we were open till 2 in the morning. And con- when the bars closed, uh, or, you know, were basically kicking people out when they were too drunk, you would get some who wandered into Vulcan, so you had to play the dual uh, role of clerk and bouncer. <laughs> Just be like, no, man, please don't pee in our trash can or vomit anywhere. That would be bad because I only make minimum wage and don't want to clean that up. Um, That's where that velvet rope outside came from. Yes, (laughs) that is where the velvet rope came from. But we also had like a store on the drag, too, where that was a issue, let's Mm -hmm. say, um, was with drunks. But then you also have a lot of regulars at night. Um, We don't have as many here. We actually had them on the North Loop store before that closed, where you had guys who just loved to come in and they would bring their bottle of wine or their six pack of beer and they would just hang out with us and it would become like a drinking slash movie club because we were located right next to um, Workhorse Bar Mm -hmm. up on North Loop. And we would also have a bunch of their bartenders or regulars there who would go have beers or bring us beers and just come in and rent some movies and talk about them. And um, that's kind of the clientele. And then you have the occasional new member, which, I mean, we still get a solid amount of people signing up for new memberships. But for the most part, it's the regulars Mm -hmm. that keep us kind of afloat and also keep the job interesting well i'm just going to put a quick plug in for all the parents who are listening uh having my kids get to a certain age elementary middle school uh that actually reinvigorated my love of coming in here because i wanted to introduce them to the experience of browsing a store because that had been missing from their early childhood years and now and i think now that you moved further south and are a little closer we we pop in and um they start asking more questions about movies in a way that they weren't and they don't when we're at home and they're just kind of flipping through whatever on Netflix and Hulu. So I, I think it's a really great uh, bonding experience for families to come in and um, and have that experience. Yeah. And you mentioned memberships. Can you uh, kind of run down uh, some of the things that Vulcan offers? I noticed on the door there's free birthday rental. There's yeah. a student and there's like an amnesty day. Like you'll have a list of things. Yeah. Well, the free you have the free rental on your birthday. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, you get rent one, get one free. So a new release comes with an older release or an older release with another older release. Um, Every first of the month is Amnesty Day where if, I mean, for those who aren't, I guess, familiar with how video stores work, which you would be surprised (laughs) with how many people walk into the video store and go, holy crap, man, how do you even like rent a movie here? And you're like, you spent way too much inside with Netflix, dude. Mm -hmm. But, uh... You get your late fees that kind of accrue if you don't bring the movies back on time. Some people will bring them back and have $40 worth of late fees. So Amnesty Day is when we cut them in half. So you want to pay off $40 in late fees for 20 bucks. come in the first of the month. Uh, Thursday is Student Discount Day, um, where just any kind of valid student ID will give you a 20% off. 
And we have the Go Local cards, which if people use them in the area, you know, you can purchase a Go Local card here, present it at uh, Vulcan or any number of Austin businesses, and you get, I believe, anywhere between 15 and 20% off. But that's based on the, you know, individual business. Sure. So you are staying relevant with a new addition to the lineup, which is a podcast. Yes. Do tell us about what your plan is with that show. It is Planet Vulcan. It's hosted by myself and Rocky Juarez, who has been here longer than uh, me. He's been here for 12 years now, I want to say. But we're doing weekly episodes. We're going to be talking about, you know, new releases. Our first episode aired with Glass, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie. Um, we're going to try to mix it up and have uh, things that are theatrically released and then also new releases that are hitting video because, duh. Um, and then we're going to have employee picks, uh, kind of pretty much similar to what I just did with you guys with Alamo Bay is that we're each going to pick a title and just kind of go into why we love it. Then we have special guests, uh, which uh, like for the first episode, we had Wilson Smith, who does uh, work at Vulcan, but he also produced uh, Cretia and worked on It Comes at Night for Trey Schultz. He worked on a bunch of the Terrence Malick movies that have kind of shot locally. Uh, For the second episode, we had... Uh, Marissa Mirabal, who's a local journalist. She works uh, at the Chronicle. I know that's a dirty word here, but... We love them all. We do. Uh, I'm just kidding. But she writes there. She writes for Birth Movies Death. She writes for uh, Slash Film. Um, And that's kind of going to be the format, is that it's bringing the voice of Vulcan Video to a more... I guess global platform since it's a podcast. I always want to say national, but it's like, no, people in Japan could listen to it Mm -hmm. if they wanted to. Eavesdrop on your conversations you have here at the counter, which is a pretty fun activity if you'd ask me. Well, thanks, Jacob, so much for letting us come in and pick your brain about what it's like running a video store these days. No problem. Thanks for having me, and you guys are great. That's our show. Thanks for listening and thanks to our sponsor, Copenhagen Furniture. Check out the Austin 360 Instagram and Facebook for more about life in Austin. And talk to us on Twitter. We're at loveaustin360. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find their podcast. I Love You So Much, the Austin 360 podcast is a production of the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman. This episode was produced by Alyssa Vidalis. Our theme music is from the local band Hard Proof, which you should definitely check out at hardproofmusic.com. You can find everything you'd ever want to know about this show and its contributors at austin360.com slash loveaustin360. And if you want to pitch us an idea for the show or give us feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com. And as always, we couldn't do this show without you listeners. And we can't thank you enough for lending us your ears, your comments, and your popcorn seasoning. Until next week, we'll see you browsing through the cult classic section at your local video store.
Since 1983, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. Now, at Copenhagen, save $500 on any stressless signature or leg comforter recliner model. For more ways to save, shop online at copenhagenliving.com or visit the showroom on Breaker Lane. Copenhagen Modern Furniture, Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary since 1983. 